Standing on the platform of truth. Pioneer Health and Missions. Morning, everyone. Before we get into the topic today, let's uh, kneel once again for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, this group of wonderful believers that we have to come together and worship you. And we also thank you for the, the location that we have here to worship, a nice warm place to come and, and gather and fellowship and study your word. And we thank you for the many blessings that you've given. Today we ask that you be present through your spirit, that your mighty angels would guard this place and keep our minds focused on the things that, that uh, are at hand. And we ask that you would give us a, a clear and simple understanding of, of the topics and the topic at hand today. And we ask these things as a favor from you and not that we deserve a favor from you or an audience with the king of the universe, but that your son has afforded that right for us by giving his own life. And it is his name that we pray. Amen. All right. Today we're going to talk about the agency of the Holy Spirit. And um, the one thing that, that I realized um, during this study is that words are important. And for many reasons, words are important. When we are going to convey a message to someone, we want to first understand what we are saying ourselves. We want to know what we want to convey to someone else. And secondly, we want to also make sure that those that are hearing us or reading what we are writing understand what we're saying. And so, whether it be the spoken or the written word, um, it is very important, the meaning of those words uh, to the conversation. Um, this week, um, I don't know how many of you text, but I'm a texter now, and um, I was texting a friend, and I get a little lazy, and I like to dictate my texts, so I hit the little microphone button, and I, and I speak, and I spoke a text, and then I hit send, and um, I didn't, often I will go and read the text before I hit send, right? I didn't this time, and uh, the person uh, texted me back and laughed out loud at me because I had said the word tithe as I dictated this text. Well, Google, you try it sometime, Google doesn't understand the word tithe for obvious reasons. And so the translation was ties, like this kind of tie. And so he made a joke and texted back and put the word ties in there and laughed at me. Well, this shows us how important words are. And the, the entire meaning of your message can be changed by just one word or even a word taken the wrong way. Google thought that I said ties, so it wrote down ties. And so typically, we're, we're so... Um, we're so focused on making sure that someone gets the right message that when we do that, 
even after we hit send, we'll then read it and say, oh, no, and then what do we do? We frantically type the word correctly and hit send as a little footnote, right? And so th this shows us how important it is um, to even ourselves that we are understood when we are um, sending or conveying a message. And what we're going to see today is that um, it is logical to assume that Ellen White felt the same way about the messages that she wrote to us. That when she wrote a certain word or a certain phrase, that she meant to convey um, a certain meaning to that word or phrase, and that she would like us to understand that when we read, read her words. Uh, one thing that we um, will notice or that we can observe is that words change over time. The meanings can change over time. And here I just put down three examples. Uh, the word awful. <coughs> awful things used to be full of awe, which is how we get expressions like the awful majesty of God. What does it mean now? You know, awe has turned into awe, right? The word naughty. Long ago, if you were naughty, you had naught or nothing. That makes sense, right? Then it came to mean evil or immoral, and now you are just badly behaved. Meat. This one that is important to us, especially when you're out to eat, used, used to mean food in general. And we see that in scriptures, right? Solid food, not just animal flesh, as opposed to drink. So we can see that words um, over time and through different cultures can, can change their meaning. Today we're going to explore the way that Ellen White uses the phrase agency of the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do is <clears throat> first take a look at about 20, 22, somewhere around there, ways that uh, she uses the word agency. Outside of the context of agency of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see how she uses that word agency by itself, just to kind of get an idea of how consistent she was and what she meant by that word agency. So if I were to ask you right now, what do you think of when I say the word agency? What are some things that pop to mind? Office. Office. Detectives. Yeah. What about the agency? You know, if any of you are familiar with law enforcement, if someone says, I work for the agency. CIA. Yeah, that's, that's the, the catchphrase for the CIA. So basically, um, what you are conveying to me is the same thing, thought that was in my head, too. Right? You have um, these offices or agencies that are full of agents to serve a purpose. Um, what we're going to see here is there are, there are different ways to view the word agency. And we're going to look at two basic, basic ways. Um, in Ellen White's day, this is the dictionary she had access to, agency, the primary meaning was the quality of moving or exerting power. The state of being in action, action, operation, instrumentality, as the agency of providence in the natural world. Now that's different than what we were just talking about, right? And so this is what I want you to key in on in this study, is the contrast between what our first reaction was, an office full of agents, and this definition. And each time, and it's not going to be a deep study. I'm just going to be reading uh, short, uh, 
quotes from Ellen White. The entire study is from Ellen White because this is the only place that we find this phrase, agency of the Holy Spirit, not from the Bible. So as we read each quote, I want you to consider the two different approaches that we've seen so far. The office, full of agents, or this this word agency, which means moving or exerting power or operation. And what I have found is that if you use that word operation, it's almost universal, practically, um, that you can place that word operation within these quotes, and it makes total sense, or mode of operation. So I made this chart to kind of give you a visual. I'm a visual person, and so hopefully some of you can appreciate this. Um, a visual of these two different approaches. Option number one would be this, uh, this pie chart, which would represent the agency of the Holy Spirit. And within this agency, you have redeemed humanity and holy angels. So that's, that's one thought. And that fits better with our, our, initial, um, our initial inclination of what agency meant, right? Agency of the Holy Spirit, we thought it would be like an, an office, with agents in it. And so that is, that is one way that you can approach this phrase, agency of the Holy Spirit, that it's an agency with agents in it, which in this case would be holy angels and redeemed humanity. Now option two is more akin to the dictionary definition that we read. Uh, the operation or method of operation or action of the Holy Spirit itself. So there are two, uh, are you seeing a contrast between the two? There's, there's a distinction. Okay, so that's, that's going to be important as we move forward, that you can make that distinction and apply either one of those or both to the quotes that we read. So why is this important? Well, we already covered why the, the practical reason why it's important is because any time you convey a message, you want those that you are speaking to or communicating with to understand what you are saying or writing. Um, now, there is a theological implication to this, and if you look in history, um, Dr. Kellogg had a misunderstanding of Mrs. Wyatt's use of the word person. And it didn't matter how much Butler wrote back and forth with him, he was not going to agree that his view was not identical to Ellen White's view. He kept saying, I am writing just what she's writing. And Butler kept saying, no, you're not. And he would take the message back to Ellen White, and she said, most certainly not. He is not saying the same things that I say. So this is the theological reason why this is so important, because we're dealing with, in essence, the same topic, the Holy Spirit. And so a misunderstanding of how Ellen White applies certain phrases or words in regards to the Holy Spirit is very important because we can add um, we can add confusion where there should be clarity. So first, we're going to look at, like I said, the word agency in her writings, and she uses this word over fifteen hundred times. And out of those fifteen hundred, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of repeats, um, but. Uh, we're just taking a small sampling, like I said, about 20 of, of these quotes. And then out of those 20, or out of those 1,500 quotes, we're going to look at a few where she uses the full phrase, agency of the Holy Spirit. And like I said before, apply either of those two ideas as we move along here. Uh, 
And this is our first, first quote. Love is the agency through which God works to draw the heart to him, for God is love. In every enterprise of mercy, this principle alone can give efficiency. The finite must unite with the infinite. So love is an agency. Which definition does this fit with? Our first definition of office, full of agents, or the other way of viewing it, um, action or operation? Operation, okay. And I won't ask that question every time, but I just want to get you um, thinking about uh, those two options each time we, we read a quote. Um, one way that, that I kind of wrap my own mind around this concept is I think of something simple like heating our home. I could say something like, our home is kept warm throughout the winter through the agency of natural gas. Right? That has nothing to do with the natural gas company. It doesn't have to do with the guy that comes and works on the pipes or the lines. It doesn't even have to do with me or my wife pushing the button that turns the, the heat on or off. It's talking about the action and the operation of that gas being the instrument to heat the house. Right? So that's kind of a, kind of a practical application, kind of the way that it clicked in my mind. Speech. Cultivate the precious gift of speech as an agency entrusted to you by God. Do not introduce frivolous, nonsensical subjects of conversation. And again, we see that same application. The printing press. This is interesting. The agency of the printing press with its manifold facilities is at our command. Bibles and publications in many languages setting forth the truth for this time are at our hand and can be swiftly carried to every part of the world. So even the printing press can be an operation or agency to an end. Scriptures. The mind of men must be called to the scriptures as the most effective agency in the salvation of souls. And the ministry of the word is the great educational force to produce this result. And that's the one thing you're going to realize. Ellen White often will use parallelism when she, when she writes. She'll use two different sentences to convey the same thought and put them back to back. Through the agency of the spirit of prophecy, he has unveiled the delusions that will take the world captive and has spoken to his people, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. Volume 4 of The Great Controversy unmasks the deceptions of Satan, and we may expect that the enemy of all righteousness will put forth every effort in his power to keep away from the people that which unveils his arts. So even the spirit of prophecy, just as the scriptures, can be an agency. I know that through the agency of this boat, places have been reached where till then the light of truth had never shone. Places represented to me as the hedges, the morning star, which is that boat, has been instrumental in sowing the seeds of truth in many hearts, and there are those who have first seen the light of truth while on this boat. On it, angel, angel feet have trodden. So even something as simple as a boat can be called an agency because of the operation that is, uh, that is present there. Oh, this, is an, this is another way, a, li a little different twist on how she uses the word, but she uses it in the same way, but just in a, in a far different context. 
On every occasion of the difficulty or trial, the Israelites had been ready to charge Moses with having led them from Egypt, as though God had no agency in the matter. You know, that, that one, when I found this, it, it brought it home even more, how she, how she consistently uses this word as an action or an operation. The Great Eastern Gate, now this is speaking of the destruction of Jerusalem, comes from great controversy. The Great Eastern Gate, which was so heavy that it could hardly be shut by a score of men, and which was secured by immense bars of iron fastened deep in the pavement of solid stone, opened at midnight without visible agency. The Holy Spirit comes to the soul as a comforter by the transforming agency of grace. The image of God is reproduced in the disciple. He becomes a new creature. Love takes the place of hatred, and the heart receives the divine similitude. This is what it means to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is eating the bread that comes down from heaven. Now, this is, this is an interesting one to me personally, because my brother and I got into a really good conversation about um, the Steps to Christ quote, where we are told we must have his grace, the Spirit of Christ. Right, And in my mind, I was equating grace with the Holy Spirit because of that quote. But with this understanding of what agency means, and with this quote here, the agency of grace, we're talking about the, the operation of the Holy Spirit rather than the Holy Spirit itself. And so to me, this one had great meaning because... My, my brother kept saying, no, you can't confuse the Holy Spirit with what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm thinking, no, I've got a quote right here that says it. But like other quotes of Ellen White's, the Holy Spirit is grace in a sense. And I believe this is the sense in which grace is the Holy Spirit. We're speaking of, or she, I believe, was speaking and Steps to Christ, page 52, of the operation of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need, is the operation of the Holy Spirit, and that is grace. So both can be true, but we just have to, um, to realize the, the subtle nuance there, that um, we can take some of those quotes too far in the wrong direction if, if we don't have all, all of the information. I think this is a, a good piece to that puzzle. Through the agency of his Spirit and his angels, he ministers to the children of men. Now, remember our, um, that pie graph, the, the pie chart uh, on option one? It would include our initial reaction or response to the word agency. It would have included the angels and redeemed man or redeemed humanity within that agency. Now, with this quote, is that possible? Through the agency of his spirit and his angels, it's not possible. Those are two separate things. This isn't, this isn't synonymous parallelism here. This, those are two different things that are ministering to the children of men. So um, this quote, I believe, is important to kind of further give us clarity on um, which path we should take when considering the word agency or agency of the Holy Spirit. The church of Christ is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. Its mission is to carry the gospel to the world, and the obligation rests upon all Christians, everyone to the extent of his talent and opportunity, 
is to fulfill the Savior's commission. Now, at first glance, this might seem to go in the opposite direction because your mind is thinking, well, in the church, there are, there's redeemed humanity. And so the church is an agency which redeemed humanity is inside of, right? But stop and think. We're not talking about the agency of the Holy Spirit here. We're talking about the church. So we're talking about the agency of the church right now. We're not talking about the agency of the Holy Spirit. And sure, there are people within the church. But look at this next quote. There is a a flip side to this coin. Because here we have uh, the agency of the church. And it's God's church, so it's the true church. Look at what she says about Romanism. Through the agency of Romanism, Satan took the world captive. The professed church of God was swept into the ranks of of this delusion. And for more than a thousand years, the people of God suffered under the dragon's ire. So you have these two agencies, which are actually operations or methods. And she, and yet she clarifies it here by calling it Romanism, not just the, the, the false church. And so um, I believe this, this quote qualifies the other quote very easily, even if there, if there was a little fogginess there. When Satan wrought through the Romish church to lead men away from obedience, his agency was concealed and his work was so disguised that the degradation and misery which resulted were not seen to to be the fruit of transgression. And so here you have her parallelism again, her use of uh, two parallel statements saying the same thing. And those can um, often be very helpful because if you don't know exactly what she's saying, you can look to the parallel statement and you can see exactly what she's trying to convey. And so here we see the agency, the the, uh, word in question, And what does she equate it with? His work. And so that goes along with the operation and action uh, concept of, of agency. The connection of the visible with the invisible world, the ministration of of angels of God, and the agency of evil spirits are plainly revealed in the scriptures and inseparably interwoven with with human history. Here we have, again, another synonymous parallel statement. She's got on one side of the coin the ministration of angels, or the operation of angels, and then turns the coin over and says the agency of evil spirits. And so you have ministration and agency uh, used in a very similar way here. Spiritualism. As spiritualism more closely imitates the nominal Christianity of the day, it has greater power to deceive and ensnare. Satan himself is converted after the modern order of things. He will appear in the character of an angel of light. Through the agency of spiritualism, miracles will be wrought. The sick will be healed, and many undeniable wonders will be performed. So here again we see that even something like spiritualism um, can be an agency and also that uh, it lines up very well with the rest of the quotes that we've seen so far. Here we kind of take a turn and we start applying these ideas to God himself. God is the mighty, all-powerful agency in this work of transformation. 
And then she qualifies that statement. By his Holy Spirit, he writes his law in the heart. And so you see the operation in the second sentence, and you see what she's uh, uh, attributing to agency in the first. God is the all-powerful agency. It is through the immediate agency of God that every tiny seed breaks through the earth and springs into life. Every leaf grows, every flower blooms by the power of God. So here we see her kind of explaining her use of the word agency by saying that it is the power of God. Again, in line with um, operation or action. Christ. Christ, as the chief working agency, will mold and fashion characters after the divine order. And students and teachers, realizing that they are preparing for the higher school in the courts above, will put away many things that are now thought to be, be necessary and will magnify and follow the methods of Christ. So here we see that she uses the word methods down at the bottom, but at the top she's using the word agency. Um, again, this, this is more in a line with not my first inclination and apparently not your first inclination, but um, a use of the word that was more common in the 1800s than, than it is today. The conversion of the soul through faith in Christ was but dimly comprehended by Nicodemus, who had been accustomed to consider cold formality and rigid services as true religion. The great teacher explained that his mission upon earth was not to set up a temporal kingdom, emulating the pomp and display of the world, but to establish the reign of peace and love, to bring men to the Father through the mediatorial agency of his Son. So now we have the mediatorial ministry of the Son being in agency. And now think of what the implications are here. Are there any humans on earth today that would justify their theological position in saying, no, I'm just in the agency of the mediatorial work of Christ. There are a group of people that, that uh, some confess their sins to, and we say they have no right. They have no right to forgive sins. It's God who forgives sins. But they could use this if applying the left side of the chart they could say, well, I am in the mediatorial agency of Christ, and so of course I can forgive sins. I'm within that agency. But that's not the correct application of this, uh, this quote here. This is also talking about the operation of that uh, mediatorial work. The gospel is the hope of the world. The cross is God's agency for counterworking Satan's plans and restoring man to his original purity. The plan of salvation devised by the Father and the Son will be a grand success. Amen, right? Christ's atoning sacrifice will arouse the sluggish mind, quickening into, into activity man's mental and spiritual powers. So even the cross is an agency or an operation for countering Satan's plans. All right, so let's take a look at this quote here. It's a short one but it can tell us a lot. By his spirit, he is everywhere present. Through the agency of his spirit and his angels, he ministers to the children of men. So 
if angels are in within the agency of the Holy Spirit, would this sentence make any sense at all? These are two separate things. You have the agency of his spirit, and you have the ministry of the angels. Those are two separate things. So she could have said, if she wanted to take the position of the left chart, the pie chart, she could have said, through the agency of his spirit, which, is, which are his angels, he ministers to the children of men. But she doesn't say that, does she? She says, the agency of, of his spirit and his angels. He ministers to the children of men. The Holy Spirit must be the living agency to convince of sin. The divine agent presents to the speaker the benefits of the sacrifice made upon the cross. And as the truth is brought in contact with the soul, souls present, Christ wins them to himself and works to transform their nature. Now the last sentence here, who is doing the working? It's Christ. He wins them to himself. This is aligned with the operation aspect. Even though we have a divine agent, well, who is that divine agent in this sentence? Christ himself. He is the divine agent. So we don't have um, other agents within this agency, at least in this, in this picture here. All right, so now we've gone through several um, instances where she uses the word agency. Now we're going to uh, shift over into the specific use of the word agency of the Holy Spirit and apply some of what we've seen so far. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. John fourteen twelve. Christ did not mean that the disciples would make more exalted exertions than he had made, but that their work would have greater magnitude. He referred to all that would take place under the agency of the Holy Spirit. And so this is the first quote that we see where she's using the full phrase, agency of the Holy Spirit. And these are, she's talking about things that would happen under that agency. Now, you could, um, you could try to apply both both ways, but you will see as we proceed, there's only one way to uh, view her use of agency of the Holy Spirit. It is the vision of the world to come that balances the mind so that the things which are seen do not obtain control over the affections, which have been bought with an infinite price by the world's Redeemer. Through the agency of the Holy Spirit, the things unseen and eternal are brought before the soul and the advantages of the eternal imperishable treasure are made to appear before the mind's eye in their attractive beauty. Again, if you apply her consistent usage of the word agency, this can only be talking about the operation or the actions of the Holy Spirit itself. The Spirit was given as a regenerating agency, and without this sacrifice of Christ would have been of no avail. The power of evil had been strengthening for centuries, and the submission of man to this satanic captivity was amazing. Sin could be resisted and overcome only through the mighty agency of the third person of the Godhead, who would come with no modified energy, but in the fullness of divine power. 
It is the Spirit that makes effectual what has been wrought out by the world's Redeemer. It is by the Spirit that the heart is made pure. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Christ has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil and to impress his own character upon the church. And so here you see the whole process being laid out. And this entire process is the operation of the Spirit itself. Now, this is not to discount that there are agents involved. The question is whether or not those agents are the agency of the Holy Spirit or if they are simply channels for that oil. You see, the, the, the channel will never be the oil. You know, if you're out in your garden and you say, I'm going to hydrate my garden through the agency of water, you can water all day and all night, but that hose will never become the water. It's not to discount that the hose is playing a part, but the hose is not ever going to be the hydrating agency. It's simply a channel through which the hydrating agency is traveling. And that's, that's the conclusion that I've come, in this, come to in this study, is that um, making sure not to discount the channels or the instrumentalities used to, um, to spread the Holy Spirit, but at the same time not to confuse or blur the line between channel and oil or hose and water. We need to make sure not to blur that line because all sorts of confusion can stem from that. The sufficiency is not in the preacher, but in the mighty agency of the Holy Spirit, which gracious influence transforms the soul, bringing every thought into subjection to Jesus Christ. And so here we have a preacher who in the pie chart would be in the agency of the Holy Spirit, but in this quote, that same preacher finds his sufficiency in that agency or from that agency. So again, we see that that doesn't, that doesn't line up. But if you apply the, um, the operational and the action um, per, per perspective to this quote, it makes perfect sense. Now, she doesn't use... The exact quote, but I found this one pretty interesting. By our baptismal pledge, we avouched and solemnly confessed that the Lord Jehovah as our ruler. We virtually took a solemn oath in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit would be a better translation there. That henceforth our lives would be merged into the life of these three great agencies. And that the life we should live in the flesh would be lived in the faithful obedience to God's sacred law. This is, this is virtually identical to the way she conveys thoughts about the three highest powers, the three great powers, the three great heavenly powers, the three great worthies, and the threefold powers. She uses the same exact terminology. And now she's saying that those three are agencies, which would include the Holy Spirit. So you have the agency of the Holy Spirit, the agency of the Son, which we also read about earlier, and the agency of the Father, which we read about too. So again, that uh, the dictionary definition 
uh, seems to fit very well. Those who would be successful in the winning souls in winning souls to Christ must carry them with the divine influence of the Holy Spirit. But how little is known concerning the operation of the Spirit of God? How little has been said of the importance of being endowed by the Holy Spirit? And yet it is through the agency of the Holy Spirit that men are to be drawn to Christ. And through its power alone can the soul be made pure. The Savior said, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So here you see her using that parallelism again. And she is drawing a, uh, an exact parallel between the word operation and agency. And that is consistent with the definition that they were acquainted with of her time. We also see Uriah Smith writing the same, in the same manner concerning the word agency. He uses it in the same way, especially with agency of the Holy Spirit. He uses that, that definition, that di- dictionary definition from the 1800s. So what we see here is um, not only her use of the word agency, but her use of uh, the agency of the Holy Spirit consistent with that dictionary definition of being the quality of moving or exerting power, the state of being in action, operation, instrumentality as the agency of providence in the natural world. One thing that I did not find um, in going through this study and all these quotes, I went. There were 1,500 that um, included the word agency, and I ended up giving up at about 1,200. It was just. I mean, it was so. She was so consistent in how she used this word. I didn't. I didn't need to, but more more than that, I didn't desire to go any further. And so I must confess that in those last 300 <laughs> quotes, there may have been something that, uh, that was out of, uh, out of the norm, but uh, I didn't see it in all the quotes that I read. And so um, one thing that I did not find to support the pie chart uh, approach, and that was the approach that I had and that seemingly all of you had at, first, at the first question about what agency meant, One thing that I did not find to support that were phrases like the following. I searched for this phrase, there are agents within the agency of the Holy Spirit, and found zero hits. Um, Also, that such and such make up the agency of the Holy Spirit. You won't find that anywhere in, um, in her writings. The agency of the Spirit has agents within it, and that would be in alignment more with, with our first inclination, uh, that, that pie chart. And finally, that we are part of the agency of the Holy Spirit. Um, I didn't find any of these phrases, and it leads me to believe that when Ellen White was trying to convey an idea to us by using the phrase agency of the Holy Spirit, she did not have any of these ideas or thoughts in mind. And so, to me, it is very important to understand what her intentions were. Not what my preconceived ideas are, but um, I actually changed my ideas because of this study. I, my first um, thought was, well, that makes sense. 
agents within the agency of the Holy Spirit. That would explain a lot. But uh, really, all it does in the end is add confusion to the, to the subject in light of everything that we've read so far. If you leave with a clear understanding that will help you understand who God is, and in this case, his operation or his agency in saving uh, lost souls, then it's been all worth it to me. So uh, to that end, let's, um, let's ask the Lord's blessing on, on our time together today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for being here present through your spirit to guide our minds and to help us understand what can at times be a difficult subject. But I pray that um, through continuous study that we can help clarify these, these things, these, these small nuances in our minds so that we are not led astray or come to conclusions that do not line up with uh, your inspired word. I pray that the words I spoke would be um, an addition to that clarity and would have added no fog in the minds of, of your true believers. And to this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Standing on the Platform of Truth Pioneer Health and Missions <laughs>